The battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hi everybody, how you doing? And thanks for coming back to another episode. I didn't want my uh, Canadian piercer friends to the north feeling like I had forgotten about them, so while I was at conference, Lola and I sat down to record this interview with Deacon Matheson, Canadian piercer. And it's really about, um, you know, maybe trying to find your, your opportunities in another studio and what might lead you to, to make those decisions. So uh, Deacon and I had been going back and forth on Facebook for a while, you know, trying to figure out a, a day that we were both available and, and talking about some ideas. Sometimes when I invite people on the show, I'll ask them, like, do you have an idea that you'd, you'd like to talk about? Deacon's idea was kind of knowing when it's it's time to leave an, an okay situation, not an ugly breakup, not an ugly situation where you know you have to leave and you have to leave urgently, but one of those ones that might just kind of like peck at you just a little bit, like things are okay here, um, but I, I can't really make it great here. Sometimes the owner might not be taking your suggestions or you might not know how to effectively create change within a certain studio environment. So... When we sat down, it was Deacon, myself, and Lola, and Deacon and Lola have a, a pretty similar kind of uh, uh, outlook on it, basically just getting to the point where you need to, to bet on yourself, and you need to kind of move on, and whether that's opening your own studio or moving to another studio with more growth opportunities, what are the situations that might drive you there? My perspective as the studio owner is really about like, well, you can also create the environment that makes people want to stay and, and grow in your studio. Uh, being able to accept suggestions and knowing how to communicate and, and interact with the staff so that you can take some good ideas that they might give you and, and develop it into something that works for the, the studio as a whole. So we talk about a lot of those different aspects. It's a pretty interesting conversation. Uh, I also want to just let everybody know that uh, I had a lot of questions while I was at conference, people asking when I was going to be doing my next webinar, especially when I was going to be doing my next offering of my Bevel Theory webinar. So I've, I've picked a date, uh, and I would like you to hold Sunday, August 20th, 2023 open. I'll be doing uh, my full day webinar, uh, Bevel Theory. I'll be talking about understanding and applying Bevel Theory what does that mean? The difference between U.S. style blade needles and uh, the, the cannula style needles that are maybe a little bit more prevalent in, in Europe, in the U.K., Central and South America. Talking about kind of introducing blade needles and, and how to use them, the cutting surface of the, the needle, how does that actually work? And it's all about bevel theory. Another important thing that really goes hand in hand with bevel theory, especially in like the, the modern progressive body piercing studio, is needle modification. So I'll be talking about needle modification, that means needle crushing, what kind of tool to use, what kind of tools to avoid. I still get a lot of questions, people asking, well, shouldn't you be using this version of the tool or this version of the tool? And it's a really a, a firm answer of like a no, no, I really think it works much better this way. So I'm going to really go into a, a lot of detail about all the different aspects of using a needle, how to minimize tissue trauma, how to make piercings easier for yourself and for your clients. Uh, and then we'll also be doing a live workshop 
So if you have some materials ready, uh, we can practice along together over Zoom. I can kind of help you dial in your bevel theory so you can practice this stuff on something inanimate before you start practicing this stuff in the studio on regular clients, on coworkers, on friends, and then eventually kind of unleashing these ideas, this uh, bevel theory concept onto your, your general uh, market base. So that'll be Sunday, August 20th, 2023. If you want to get signed up, there's a bunch of different ways you can do it. The easiest, fastest way is probably just go to my website. That's ryanpba.com. You can also go to the Body Art Education by Ryan Willett Facebook page. Uh, there'll be an event listing on there. You can just email me, ryanpba at gmail.com, and I'll, I'll send you the link. Um, I will be doing a special Patreon discount. So if you are an active subscriber at patreon.com slash ryanpba on the $15 a month Archmage tier or on the annual plan for the Archmage tier, um, I will give you a, a, a basically a one-month discount off your uh, registration fee for the Bevel Theory class. Bevel Theory class will be $100, open to verified professional piercers only. Uh, you have to be working within a, a professional studio environment to be able to register, and I'd like to verify that. Uh, $100, but minus 15 bucks if you are an active subscriber on my Patreon page. So uh, go ahead and check out all that information, get signed up, I'd love to have you there. For now, let's go ahead and get into this conversation with Deacon, myself, and Lola Slider, and I'll be back a bit more at the end. Okay, so uh, we are in Las Vegas for the APP conference. Um, why don't you just you go ahead and do, you do a quick intro, and then we'll have our guest do an intro. Uh, my name's Lola Slider, and I am a professional body piercer. I've been piercing since 2010, and I own and pierce at Forest Piercing in Glasgow, Scotland. And who are you, good sir? Uh, my name is Deacon Matheson. I am also a professional piercer, as we all are here. Uh, I'm from uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, uh, which is in Canada. Uh, I've been piercing for a little bit over 20 years. Um, I'm a member of Association of Professional Piercers, and uh, I don't travel to teach seminars, and I have a way shittier beard than you. <laughs> it's okay. One day. <laughs> we've been we've been trying to schedule something for a good long while, but it hasn't really a month or so yeah. aligned. Yeah, your schedule, my schedule, all that stuff, and you know, even this week, just trying to align when you're not in a class or I'm not in an expo or, or this or that. So um, I appreciate your time. Um, when I, when I reached out and I invited you onto the show, uh, I, I was, you know, I always ask people, do you have something on your mind? Do you have something that you think isn't being talked about that you would like to have a, a conversation about? And, um, the, the first message that I got from you, it, it, it didn't really crystallize in my mind as to what the conversation would be. But then when we talked in person yesterday, mm -hmm. it really started to gel for me. And then Lola's interpretation of what you were saying also really started to, to, to form ideas in my mind. And I thought it would be a, a good conversation and especially something to include Lola on. But um, what's what's the basic kind of concept that you wanted to talk about? Like, you know, opportunity is a one way to put it for a jumping off point. But how would you phrase it? Yeah, well, like I, I've always kind of like looked at my career as though I've been like failing upwards in life. Mm -hmm. Right. So it, it feels like maybe that you like you don't so much like earn an opportunity, but like you just kind of like like you're you're consistently stumbling into something or, you know, there's a setback that happens. It kind of gets internalized a whole lot. And, um, I think like a lot of things almost kind of get like viewed, uh, like for me and like the, like the process of, of, of like, like, like failure or like this, like we're like nonlinear path of success. 
And as I really kind of um, was was like looking at it and thinking about it, what was really starting to kind of like come together for me is just like that, like that idea of like understanding that certain situations can just be maybe not as ideal as like you really kind of think that they are. Um, and like looking at the, the motivations internally kind of behind that. Mm-hmm. So um, essentially like you could be in a, a much worse position, which could actually be, be better for you like to be in and kind of, being able to have that like mental wherewithal to to realize the position that you're in in order to to kind of galvanize you into uh, into into action, I think is really important. Um, it's basically kind of where I found myself when um, I made the option to uh, risk my entire life and life savings to uh, open up uh, the the piercing end of, of the studio that I that I operate now, as opposed to you know just continuing to you know, be a, be like a wage slave. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, um, when, when Lola and I started talking about it, uh, our interpretation of that concept is like, sometimes piercers just get so comfortable in a shop mm-hmm. that it's, they don't want to take that, that chance of like trying a, a new studio. If it's like, this is good enough. I'm making enough. I'm comfortable here. Yeah. Um, but then after a point, like if you want to grow and the studio is not giving you space to grow, it becomes kind of a frustration point. And that's something that you kind of had to deal with. And that's one of the reasons why you decided to open forests. So what's your interpretation on the the idea? Well, one of the things that stuck out to me when Deacon mentioned his concept about leaving an environment in which you're not completely happy is that I think a lot of people associate it directly with money, which isn't always the case. I made great money at the place I used to work, better than working solely for myself and all the overheads that come with that. And um, I think a lot of people as well associate leaving a job with it automatically being acrimonious, which isn't the case for me either. I think you can outgrow a position or lose your love for a certain position and leave and still remain on good terms if it's a fairly healthy working environment. Um, and I think a lot of people only know how to leave in a blaze of glory, the burning all their. Maguire, yeah, if who's I'm gonna, coming with me? If I'm if I'm gonna leave, you know, I'm, or people will wait right until they're about to leave and then walk out at the last minute or not want to have the comment. There were conversations that led up to me leaving for two years. Um, so this is 100%. something that you know I I set some some things that I would like to see changed changes didn't happen a year goes by we revisit it look it's been a year the best advice i would give is start documenting when you're having these conversations and the promises that are made and the discussions that you have and just let some time pass and see what happens and then i said to myself after the first year if this time next year nothing's changed I have to leave. And I did. And that's, there was no argument. There was no falling out. I think there was a little bit of shock. I don't think anybody thought I would actually leave because it was a comfortable situation for me. But it was more for myself um, that I felt that, you know, there's things that I would like to do and that I would like to try and experience in my career that I can't do here. And it's been two solid years. And it's like Deacon was saying when we spoke the other day, it's that small degree of discomfort that just doesn't go away. And it's really easy to say, I make good money here and there's always work. So what's the problem? And so it's really more of an internal process than anything being specifically wrong with the environment. And I work to notice and, you know, every I still see people from where I used to work and and have some good relationships still and, and um, you know, have even send people there and I have people sent to me. So I think it's important to sometimes put um, accounts out there 
that you can be in those situations and you can split up from places that you've worked and still maintain a fairly cordial relationship with each other. Um, most of the accounts that we see online, I think, are kind of like blow-ups that have happened, you know? Yeah, exactly, right. But that's so, not normal or shouldn't be normal. In, in an ideal world, for sure, right? Like yeah. that's And that's the, the, the thing when we've kind of first started the, the podcast. Like, is there anything we want to like talk about or not talk about? And like there's no there's no point of trauma like in, in, in this situation at all. It yeah. just yeah. basically kind of gets to the point where, uh, you know, essentially there, um, it, in Ontario, the landscape is kind of weird. Um, it's, I almost kind of liken it to like, uh, old school wrestling. Yeah. Right. Well, like, like territorial, territorial, but not but like, the, there's like a, like a, like a handshake agreement about it. So, you know, there was, um, for, for a time, there was maybe a studio that's 20 minutes away from me where, uh, there used to be some ABP members that like, what do you do? Do you ask somebody to be like, can you work less so I can work a day? And other than that, there's, there's, right. there's really nothing there. So it puts you in this awkward position of, you know, do I, do I stay where I am or do I have to like, you know, basically move forward and, and kind of create my, my own opportunity. Right. And you, you really bring up something, um, uh, as, as well, Lola, like the, 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 like having those conversations, um, over like a 20 year piercing career, kind of like yourself, we started off using not good jewelry. Sure. Um, now obviously as, as you were the owner, you can decide that you want to make this move. Um, as a, as a, as an employee, mm -hmm. I have to talk somebody into opening up their wallets and, and spending more money on jewelry and, and that, and that, and that. And as you kind of go along, there's, you know, there's been these gradual changes where you, you have points where, you know, you want things to move and to grow and you have these ideas and things work in your favor, right? So, you know, little bit by little bit by little bit, things are kind of getting better and improving. But then once you kind of hit that stone wall, it, it does get to be a little bit of a, a almost like a point of contention that you kind of, I don't know, like you feel this knot like inside yourself or like, yeah. how, like how many times do I need to have these same conversations right. over and over and over again before, you know, something bends or breaks? Yeah, because you can feel like you, you can track your own growth and your desire for growth. And then when you try to approach someone and say like, I, I want to grow and I think that this will also help the studio grow, mm -hmm. but maybe they're in a comfort position too, where it's predictable income for them and they don't want to really increase expenditures and, and take chances on mm -hmm. things especially if they're not like a, a, a piercer owner, uh, they might not understand the value of things like a new sterilizer or new jewelry lines or, or whatever. So it can be really difficult. Uh, I, I also want to kind of mention what, what you said about if there's another studio in the area that can be seen as maybe a, a few steps further along than, than your studio might be. And it's like, oh, I, I love when I get a chance to maybe give them a coverage day or, you know, go and, go and hang out there and, and, you know, work a little bit if someone's like off on a holiday or something like that. But then you get in those awkward scenarios where you're just like twiddling your thumbs and like waiting for that next opportunity for a guest spot or something. And after a while, you look at the landscape and, and realize like, there's really just not a lot of places where I can kind of stretch my wings. And maybe sometimes you have to create your own space to do that. Right, exactly. When you have an area which is essentially almost underserved, like, because, you know, your environment can't create the level of, of, of service that you envision in your head, then that basically kind of falls upon you mm -hmm. in, in, in order to create it. Um, I 
was personally lucky enough just to be able to have a, enough of a bankroll to make that happen, but barely. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know what your uh, position, Lola, was when you opened up your studio, but it was, I had to... Oh, sorry, go on. Yeah, no, like I had essentially leveraged myself to... I, I think I had $1,000 in the bank to cover my personal at-home rent uh, before I was officially in, 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 in bankruptcy mode. And then you just kind of sit there on opening day, hoping to, to go hoping people show up. That's and, and, yeah. you know, and then after that, it just kind of steamrolls over and, yep. and there's nothing to really be, be worried about. So, um, I think one of the things that I like really wanted to kind of get across during this, this podcast is if you are a piercer that feels like they're being stifled in that environment. I mean, it's not like a, a license to just like, yeah, go out, print your own money, but you know, like maybe, take a look at where you are now and where you want to be like literally in five years mm-hmm. and, and see if that's not like a situation that you can kind of make for yourself because, um, you know, I've never been more fulfilled in my career than, than I am now. Um, you know, I feel a little bit lucky in the sense that like, it, this is the only time that I'd ever experienced burnout in an almost at, at that point would have been about like a, almost like a 16 year career. Uh, and you know, the, the moment I, created my own space where, you know, like I felt like I could flourish under my own banner, you know, this, this weight's kind of getting, getting lifted off your chest. Yeah. I, I, I watched that with, with you too. You know, I, I watched from, from day one when you were talking about scouting a location and what you were going to do with the, the build out and all the other things. Um, do you, do you feel like you would still maybe be at a former studio if, if the owner had been more responsive to your oh, ideas and suggestions? Definitely. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like, it wasn't like a, I'm, it wasn't an ultimatum. It was never an ultimate. It became one, I suppose, by the second year, but not something I said out loud. It was more of an internal thing for myself. Um, that, you know, we had spoke about it and in good faith, I didn't just come with ideas. I came with ways to finance those ideas and trajectories for how those ideas would pay for themselves and really did all the work, all the legwork, all the research to say, if we buy X piece of equipment, here's how it's going to save us money on labor. Here's how much extra money we can bring in with that labor. Here's how that works. I did all of that research because I didn't just want to go with a shopping list and say, buy me this. Mm-hmm. And so I did that, you know, a year happened there's always something going on. So I appreciated, okay, things that I wanted didn't happen. And then when the second year happened, I kind of got to a point where, and again, it's not about, it would be easy for someone to sit and say like, oh, they wouldn't do what I wanted to do. It's not my shop. It's their shop. And if they don't want to do it, then that's totally okay because it's their shop. Yeah. And something Trying to get to somebody else to like spend money is always going to be a lot harder, yeah, right? Something switches in your head when you realize I have all these ideas and all this enthusiasm and I'm using it to try and make someone else's business stronger. Yeah. And they're not even taking me up on the ideas, which shows this environment isn't working for me because I believe in them. So if I believe in them that strongly, I should take them and I should go and implement them myself. And it's difficult. I don't make as much money as I made now as I did working for somebody else because of issues like the pandemic and all of the costs that that incurred for me being the the sole owner of my own small business. There wasn't any insulation to those damages for me. And that was really difficult. But conversely, I also get to see ideas that I knew would work actually working, Mm -hmm. which is enormously rewarding. I imagine So, so. I think there's a lot to be said. Obviously, money's nice, and and you know I would still like to work towards developing the business as organically as possible. But it's not just about am I making more money now or making less money now. It's how I'm making the money and the fact that 
it's all my work. When someone comes in and they say, I really like the studio, it looks beautiful. I'm like, I did that. I designed that. I made it look like this because that's the reaction that I wanted. And it's little things like that where you're just like, I knew people would like this. That's kind of invaluable. So I, I think that it's, it's, um, it's easy to lean into resentment of they won't do this, they won't do that. It's not your shop, you know, mm. it's, it's their shop. And as soon as you let go of the idea that it's yours and realize you've been putting all of your hard work in to someone else's business and they're not even taking you up on some of the strongest ideas, you realize it's, it's actually nothing personal. It's just, it's not your business. It's, yeah. it's not a family, you know? Yeah. Does that kind of resonate with, with what well, you were thinking? Yeah, yeah like one, yeah. one, 100%, you know, like ultimately the, the, like the reputation of the work is going to be yours. Yeah. Right. Uh, but you know, again, you bring up a lot, a lot of really, really, really good points, especially, um, you know, the, the idea of almost trying to like salvage that relationship. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, when you, when you have an idea, it's, it's not just an idea. It's a well thought out, well orchestrated plan. Like you almost have a business plan in mind that you, you know, go to bring to somebody else looking for essentially like a financier. And when that doesn't happen, again, like a lot of that work that you probably felt that you, like, you know, I worked so hard to have all these ideas, to have it all fleshed out, to have it all ready to go. And then it just kind of gets, you know, poo-pooed at, you know, the, the 11th hour. Um, you, you know, but like at the end of the day, all of that work that you, that you put into that plan, you know, the, the instant that you decide that, you know, this is the direction I don't want to go, your hard work's kind of, in a sense, already done, right? You have that business plan. You like, you know what direction that you're wanting to go. But that's the, that's the hard part that you were discussing about being able to make the decision to leave when things are kind of okay, but they're not quite right. Um, and mm -hmm. it, it reminds me of the, you know, the, the movie Heat. Where um where uh, okay. Robert De Niro was talking about being able to leave any to relationship in thirty seconds or less, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's sitting with Al Pacino and he's like, "That's the discipline." Yeah. You know, it's being able to tell yourself, like, "Well, I'm going to put a deadline on this, and I have to. It's my life, and I have to draw a line somewhere. And if it's not met, I'm going to walk away from this money, from this security, from people who I've grown to really love over the years. That's really hard, but it's something that." If you choose to do, you you get to start completely again on your own, which is very rewarding. But it's that's the hard thing. Mm -hmm. My my perspective of it, my side of of the conversation is different because I've I've never had to go through the same kind of, of thing. Uh, I only worked for for someone else, piercing for a, a relatively short amount of time at the the start of my career. And you know, I've owned my own studio for for over twenty years, and uh, I've had I've had piercers come in where they've obviously wanted to grow. And then some of them, they find their opportunities in my studio. Some of them feel, you know, at different points in my studio it was much smaller and I didn't have as many opportunities for other people because mm -hmm. I was struggling to kind of get myself my own opportunities. Exactly, yeah. But uh, a big part of it for a successful business for myself now is listening to what my staff members say and, and realize that if they want to grow, um, it's kind of my responsibility as the studio owner to give them those opportunities because I know that if I don't, they're going to find their opportunities somewhere else. I want them to find their opportunities with me and I, I want us to all succeed together. But I feel like some studios don't really have that same mentality. Yeah. I, I, obviously, like if you look at like the, the idea of behind like staff retention, you know, or like, you know, does it cost more money to, to get a new customer or to keep an old one? Mm -hmm. You know, the, the same thing can be applied to your staff essentially. Right. Like, uh, and I think especially with, with, with piercing, at least the way that it kind of seems to, to me is that there's, um, uh, 
there's you know a bunch of tattooers in the studio. There's maybe one or two piercers, mm-hmm. and so you know once that person goes, it doesn't matter how much you have an inventory or or whatnot. But like the the human element is gone, so you're right. trying to keep that person uh, like at your studio and have them be be fulfilled is is obviously going to be like your like your number one goal. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like any other relationship, personal, professional, whatever. Um, once you lose that trust or once someone already kind of decides like this is not this is not the growth place for me, it's very difficult to, to turn that around. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, if you are a studio owner and you, and you have other staff members, you want to make sure that they feel fulfilled and they, they feel heard. When I talk to my staff, I always try to encourage them to bring me new ideas. And if they bring me an idea that I think just genuinely won't work for the business, I'm not going to just ignore them and just let the, their thought die. I'm not going to just say no. I'm going to say, I don't think that would work for us and, and here's why. Mm-hmm. But maybe let's adapt your idea. Maybe let's change it or maybe like bring me bring me different ideas. But I don't want them to feel like I'm just blowing them off or, or disregarding their, their input because the, they're all really important people in my in my studio. And like I've gotten some fantastic ideas simple things like jewelry, but then other things like studio layout or the way we manage appointments or whatever. Like I succeed as a business owner because we, we have a, a strong team, whether it's big or small or whatever, like we, we work well together and we can talk about ideas. Um, when you, when you both talk about, uh, piercers, like leaving one studio to, to go out and create their own opportunity or, or find new opportunities. Uh, the, the theme that I want to point out that you're not, driving home just yet is that you're you're doing it with notice and you're being polite and you're not trying to just like screw somebody over and be like you never appreciated me so i'm just going to walk out and i'm going to take everything with yeah, me like I, I worked a notice yeah they offered to extend the notice because i didn't have any other work lined up and when i left i didn't have a shop i didn't have a property didn't have anything planned it was just like that's it. I need, I need this job to be gone to mm-hmm. motivate me. Mm-hmm. So I had nothing lined up. So they, they were very, you know, work as long as you need to work. And we had dinner and we still see each other when we or chat when we see each other. And, um, yeah, it was difficult and painful to leave and, and very, very sad because of all of the positive experiences there. So you don't have to, to leave a job that you're unhappy with on bad terms and and I there aren't a lot of examples of that I don't think floating around yeah I mean it definitely felt like the hardest breakup of my entire life um you know the 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 moment that I you know gave my 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 notice of leaving my my resignation note you know put everything like you know put your thoughts on paper because you know going through your head and and again like they're all conversations that have been had a million times over but it it was the most anxious feel like I literally felt that I was having a heart attack um but like, like you say, ultimately, like that's the thing that that really kind of galvanizes you into like into making something actually happen. But um, yeah, like we had had like numerous conversations over the years. Obviously, like you know, I, I'd been at that studio for about fourteen years. You know, it's the longest relationship I've like <laughs> I've maintained in my life. Yeah. And you know, like you've 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 grown together. Um, and just like anything, at some point in time, like you just kind of started to realize you were just kind of like you know growing, spinning your wheels, yeah, growing, growing apart essentially. Right? I think it's like, like a whole like a like a hermit crab. Sometimes you like your <laughs> shell got a little too tight, and you need to step out and you need to find a new shell, right? Um, yeah, and that's and and that was basically like was basically it for me, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've had um, I've had a few different piercers in my studio over the years. The 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 first piercer uh, apprentice that I ever had it was when I was so new in the business that I had I had no place yeah, having no business an, an apprentice anybody, yeah like the blind leading the blind almost right it was a kid that we liked they were piercing people um like 
underground and, and doing some things that weren't necessarily safe. So I kind of reached out and said, like, if you want to learn some things about general safety, whatever, like, why don't you come in and, you know, you can assist in the shop and then maybe you can grow into something, grew into an apprentice. But my business was so small that I, I didn't have anything to, to really offer someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I couldn't afford to, to pay someone else. I had to work as many shifts as possible because I just, I had no money. So they started to get a little bit frustrated. And um, then I kind of pulled them aside and I was like, look, you don't want to live in this small town. You don't necessarily want to work in this small shop. Like you're, you're a great person. We're going to remain friends, but let's both work together and try to find you maybe a, a, a shop that would, that would fit you. And we ended up finding him a shop uh, down in, in the Boston area and he moved there and he just got to spread his wings and, and grow. And he really started to kind of like find himself as a, as a piercer and as a person because of that opportunity. Mm-hmm. When out of loyalty, he probably would have stayed with me for, for quite a while. But I had to kind of see it from my perspective of like, I'm just barely growing myself. How can I how can I really expect someone else to be able to grow when I'm kind of soaking up all the sunlight, you know? So yeah. helping, helping that person find their opportunity was, was good for both of us. I had another piercer who, um, they got an offer, you know, they started, I saw the writing on the wall. They started going out doing guest spots and things like that. And I was like, you know what? Coming back smelling like another piercer. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> who is he? Um, but you know, then the, one of the other studios that they clicked with gave them an offer. And I remember he, he pulled me aside and he was just, he was probably where you felt and where you felt. And it was like, Oh man, I, I, I want to say that I appreciate everything so much, but I was like, are you, are you putting in a notice? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, I just, I appreciate the respect of you giving me a notice. I would, I would be pretty hurt. I've, I've had other staff members, tattooers just like up and leave. And it really hurts when you have that personal connection with someone and then you find out or what you think is a personal connection with somebody and you just, yeah. And you find out in this thing of like, you know, I didn't really see it coming or maybe I did see it coming, but it feels so abrupt that it's like, it it puts almost a bad taste in your mouth for the separation where even if you have to lose someone that you have this great relationship with, if you have this time to really think about it, you know, it, it it really, it, it feels more comfortable as the business owner. And I don't know how it would feel as the, the staff member, but um, as a business owner, I always appreciate things like a notice because it, it gives me opportunities to to plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I mean, I, like I was in a pretty good position um, where you know it's uh, so this was happening um, at like like twenty five week time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like it was almost impossible to to get jewelry in, and 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 some of the issues were with like order cycling and things of that nature. Sure. So um, at at that point, you know, I was you know, able to, to leave as there just really wasn't like any stock. I feel like I didn't leave, like I didn't leave anybody, you know, like holding the bag at that point. Yeah. Um, and I was actually able to, um, you know, purchase a, a pretty decent amount of stock, uh, like, like out of that business, mm-hmm. which I mean, it, not like underhanded, but in a sense, like I kind of want to, like, I just didn't want there to be like any bad blood. I'm like, if I give you money, can we still be friends? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, you have, you don't, you don't have an adversarial relationship. It seems like I've walked around Glasgow with you and we, you know, we walk past your former studio. We've walked past former coworkers and it's not like they're throwing bricks at you in the street. Yeah. It was never about the people. Like in the time I was there for nine years and I worked with all kinds of people. I was, I think the longest single serving member of staff left in the business at that point from nine years previous, everybody else had come and gone in that time. And, you know, pretty much got used to working with all different kinds of people, all different personality types, a lot of tattooers. Um, and, and so it wasn't 
the people. I'm pretty happy to adapt to working with different personalities. Mm-hmm. It was just uh, the facilities. Like, for example, um, you know, we would be busy and then we would run out of a, a staple size. And then uh, the person in charge of my budget would be like, right, you need to buy more jewelry. And I'd be like, cool, I need more money to do that. And they'd be like, well, can't you just buy more of this one thing? And then I would be like, yes, but then I'll buy less of the other things. And then the other things are going to run out. So I need a bump to be able to, if you want back stock, I need a, I, I, and they would just be like, well, can't you just somehow do this, do more with the same yeah. amount? Well, and it would with, be the same. With your skill set, why can't you do this thing? Mm-hmm. And it would be, and then we would run out and then it would be like my fault because I'm in charge of ordering the jewelry. So it would be like, well, why have we run out? And I'd be like, because you won't give a, cause you, and it would just be the same. It would just be the same conversation over and over. Cyclical. And it's like, it, it would just be one of those things where now as a business owner, managing my own, well, I managed my own stock then, but now managing my own business as well. It is a little bit infuriating to know that, as you said, if, if those, uh, if those requests had been met, I would have been probably very happy there for quite a, a long time. But what I wanted to do was basically like a restructuring of someone else's business of sorts and if that's not what they want again that's okay um and i think if you are a business owner like if you own a tattoo and piercing studio and maybe you're having these issues with staff i think the best thing to do is just be honest with them and say look i'm not interested in taking my business in the direction that you want to go in and that'll probably save a lot of time because we went round through that loop over and over and over again ad nauseum to the point where i had two weeks or two years to really think about leaving and doing my own thing. So it wasn't a, a snap decision or an emotional decision or one that I made when I was sad. Yeah. Um, so I, I, like you say, as, as a business owner, it's important to listen to your staff. But if you don't agree with their ideas or you just don't want to implement their ideas, I would just say it's best to tell them that mm-hmm. instead of, oh, well, maybe next month, maybe next year, maybe we can put it in mm. you know, the next round of improvements or whatever. If you're not interested, just say um, and then... That, that keeps the relationship a yeah. lot more honest Otherwise, it seems like you're like dangling that, you know, like you're right. dangling the carrot exactly. in front of them. Exactly. It was, it was we're almost to, there. To we're bite. almost there. We're almost at the bit where we can do this. And that's why I did the, you know, I gave myself a year of leeway and then a whole other year. And I was like, it's been two years. If we'd have made these changes at the start, they would have long since paid for themselves by this point. But we're still here. Um, and I think that's the point where... I just decided to, to take the energy that I'd been applying and put it into something that was mine. And, you know, like I say, there's nothing at all in that that to me is acrimonious or unkind or, or inconsiderate or anything. Um, it's, it is just business. And in body art, you do get into such a familial relationship with your coworkers. You're around each other so much that it is sometimes hard to take a step back and realize, like, I'm an employee, I'm a commodity in this other person's business, they're going to decide ultimately what happens with their business and that's not going to change no matter how good friends we are, no matter how healthy our relationship is. Um, so I think being able to recognise those situations, you know, you're in the, the pan with the water getting hotter and hotter mm-hmm. and not realising that you're not happy, it is difficult to recognise. Yeah. So Just set, have those boundaries for yourself. Setting yourself a goal like... This is what I would like to see happen. Here's a reasonable time frame. Is this doable? So instead of just having the same cyclical conversations, you start to build structure around it and really see, are they willing to make these changes? Or are they not? And then you can start to make decisions about your life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, 
don't come to me with a problem. Come to me with with a solution. Yeah, is uh, is is I think really really important. That's yeah. yeah I, I I've learned I've learned a lot about how to be uh, an effective business owner by just talking to my employees because sometimes they'll they, they they might fall into the same traps that I did for a long time of like you see something on Instagram and you're like well we have to do that too. So sometimes they'll be like, oh, did you ever think about this? And it's like, well, yes, I did think about that. But then I determined that it, it wouldn't work in our studio or our client base or something. Or, hey, maybe let's try it out rather than spending $2,000 on stuff where it's like a gamble. Why don't we get in one or two pieces, see how we like them, see how clients like them, and then we can grow and we can expand. And it can, it can also help. Um, if you communicate with your staff about like how a business is, is run, like this stuff can't just appear. Like you said, when, when it was like weeks and weeks or months and months of wait time, it's like sometimes my staff might come to me and be like, Hey, let's put in an order and be like, okay, cool. If we make an order with, you know, this company today, we're not going to have it until maybe the fall. So let's make sure we're picking the appropriate colors for it or the appropriate quantities for like getting ready for Christmas or, or whatever. There are all these little things, but the main like running theme with it is that I'm communicating with them and I'm talking to them and they're not just like getting like a, yeah, 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 yeah. I'll throw it on the list. Yeah. Keeping like open lines of communication, I think is, is important, you know, really, really kind of either way. But, um, yeah, I mean, on, like, honestly for, for myself, I feel like it was probably one of like the best things that I, that I, that I ever could have, could have done. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, we're, we're in Las Vegas where gambling is, you know, kind of, kind of the religion and yeah. like ultimately like, you know, the, the gamble that you make on yourself is all like, like you're the house, you know, mm-hmm. like that's always something that's, that's going to work out in your favor. Right. Like, well, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, if you put <laughs> if you put in the homework, yeah, exactly. Um, is there, is there advice that you would want to give other piercers? Because I don't want to make it seem like the only advice is quit and open your own shop because I, I think that yeah. maybe you could, learn how to how to be a better communicator sometimes as a staff member it seems like both of you were like really mm-hmm. carefully planning this stuff out and bringing them like a, a plan and not just a half formed yeah, idea that's that exactly it um i mean you know when i was going going through everything you like you look at like your different companies figure out what your price points are do they offer a you know like a, a you know buy six get one like you know how like how can you you know bring this to somebody with a plan to make them money yeah um you know, and I mean, like ultimately that's, that's all stuff that you have, but essentially like, you know, I, I would say if you haven't taken any like intro to business, you know, go for it, right? Like learn how to make a business plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you can still salvage, I mean, that relationship, it might even make it better in your own studio that you don't have to leverage yourself to the point of bankruptcy. You know, if you just have a better way of, of bringing that information to somebody in, you know, in that position of power and, and really kind of helping them to see what you have envisioned in your head to, to make that work, yeah. you know, because sometimes the, the better option may not actually be to leave, but to, to really kind of better your, your own space in that regard. Yeah. To be like a devil's advocate. Like if I had a staff member that was just constantly like, what about this? What about this? What about this? And it's like, well, explain how explain how, how it, how it would benefit the studio and, and why it's better than what we're already doing. So, you know, being able to articulate a, a thought is, is a, a pretty powerful thing. Yeah. And it's good to have some separation as well between things that are going to benefit the studio and things that are going to benefit your ego and your trajectory as a piercer. Like I had a lot of ideas um, and I would present 
ideas and sometimes it would be the same ideas over and over again to try and get them across but yeah there would be times that you would have to take a step back and be like well again it's not my business the thing that I'm doing is going to cost money it is an investment it is a risk it's and it's it's not my business so is it really me that's taking the risk you know I'm trying to convince the owner to take a risk and it's their money and it's their shop yeah um, and ultimately yeah there is a bias towards of course I want to be using this bear stuff of course I want to be working with this bear stuff so recognize as well that sometimes there is a bit of ego in it like because we all want the the pictures and the videos and the content of look at this awesome mm. work that I'm getting to do yeah. now and you have to recognize that there is a separation between just getting to, you know, be in a playground at work all day with all the equipment and all the stuff that you want to be doing and making improvements that are safe bets for the studio. And sustainable. Um, and, yeah. I, and I think that that's, I really did try and present ideas that were really well thought out for that reason. But I'm not going to say that there wasn't, you know, part of it that was, yeah, I want to be the shop that's doing this. I want to be the person that's implementing this because you, there's a big sense of pride in that. And like, yeah, I've accomplished this. But the person that's that's employing you doesn't have to fund your accomplishments for you either. So that's why in my mind, I never really saw leaving as uh, as like a hostile thing or and, and I think that it's so easy for those situations to be skewed one way or the other because people don't like to recognize their own flaws and in a lot of ways having an employee that's constantly like we should do this and that and this and this isn't good enough we need to and a lot of finger wagging it's probably annoying as shit at times I, so i've yeah. seen from 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 my perspective as someone who's traveled a lot and yeah. talked with a lot of piercers at different stages of their career um, some piercers don't really understand how business works and sometimes they think like if I can just get the kit the starter kit and just plug it into my studio then everything is going to be successful right. overnight and a lot of this stuff you have to transition into it like the lines you're bringing in like you know you can't really necessarily bring in golden diamonds on day one right. you might need to bring in threadless internal thread titanium base. yeah alienate the client base but also like if you waste the studio owner's money you might not get a second opportunity for another jewelry order or your your own money if you're right. in the position of, of, of building out your like, the, the studio yourself right? yeah and i think like having those realistic expectations of like you know you might have your ideas of of what you want to do but you might not have it on on like on day one where right. like you know, growth is going to be this like linear, consistent path. You know, I look at, um, you know, like what I have in my studio is fairly, you know, like ostentatious, you know, we've got a nice like jewelry selection, but you know, on, on, on day one, my, my, my gold selection was oh, like yeah. a thimbleful, yeah. you know, and yeah. you know, you kind of have those, those ideas of, of where you want to grow to. But, you know, again, if you have that, that plan in mind, you know, like you, you understand how to get to where you want to be, yeah. you know, that you don't just assume that you're just going to, a helpful like a tool as a business it. owner can be like, look, I know you have ideas that might not be a fully formed idea. I will give you a budget of $250 or $500 and let's see what you can do with it. If you want something more than that, you need to bring me a more complete plan. So any advice uh, for, for other piercers out there, you know, keep at it or just focus on your communication <laughs> skills or. I think there's a class on communication. I'm not sure if it's been yet. But okay. there is a, uh -huh. a communications class at conference. I should actually have on Tuesday, so it might oh, be a little yeah. bit late. But, oh, okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I think honestly, just like you know, being being honest with yourself, uh, like setting setting those boundaries, you know, 
um, you know, having those open lines of communication, like it, like it's, it's okay to get shut down, mm-hmm. you know, like, um, you know, like the, the entire like impetus of our entire industry is like informed consent. You know what I mean? And like, no is an answer and no is a very, very, very loud answer. And if you're hearing no, you kind of know what position that you're in. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, if you have those ideas and you're, they're well fleshed out, well thought out and, you know, you, you kind of have someone saying like, this isn't us, this isn't us. I mean, understand like that's, like that is the answer. Like that's, that's not where you're going to get to be in that studio. And if you really have that, that push and that drive to accomplish it, then you kind of have to start to, you know, look outside that studio and more within yourself as to how to, to like bring that into reality. Yeah. Um, I guess I would say, uh, you know, try and let go of hostility and negative energy if it's something that's no longer affecting you. I mean, relationships in studios are different and there are some that are truly just complete train wrecks and you can't blame people for wanting to talk about it at all. But there are also a lot of situations where um, if you're speaking with someone and they're saying, oh, I worked this place but it was shit and I worked this place and it was shit and I worked this place and it was shit, it starts to form an idea in your head of, Maybe you have some issues yourself, there. Yeah, the, <laughs> you know, like the maybe lowest common denominator. And, yeah, and so it's it's difficult because I actually had um, uh, someone ask me on Instagram a, a while ago. It was in one of those ask me anything anonymous things, and they said, "Do you ever or how do you feel about the earlier work that you did in your career? Meaning using external threaded jewelry and stuff that's not as good as it is now. How do you feel about it? Or you know." Like, what does that mean to you? And I was like, I honestly feel proud of all of the work that I've done. I feel proud of that work because it was, I was moving, I was always improving, I was always getting better. It was industry standard in the country that I lived in, um, not just the city, but the entire island. It was industry standard. And then I pushed for improvement year after year after year. So it would be easy again for me to be like, oh yeah, that was shit. But I don't look at it that way. I'm, I'm very proud of the work that I did, mm-hmm. even even if it wasn't as good as the work that I'm doing now. Um, so just be conscious of the fact that you don't have to shit all over everything. You don't have to denounce everything as being, oh, it was just terrible, you know, because it does start to, I think, color you in a certain way, um, which doesn't mean you have to pretend things were great either, mm-hmm. but take what you can from things and try and let everything else go and just slip through your fingers. Yeah. Yeah, if I can give any advice to piercers, it's um, don't just pluck a thought out of the air or off of social media and then throw it at your manager or your studio owner. Um, Take the thought home with you, flesh out the thought, think about the thought, revisit the thought. And once you have a, a formalized, finalized thought, then bring it to your manager, then bring it to your studio owner. If you bring someone a, a less than fully formed idea, um, you're probably not going to get the same consideration as if you had something a- akin to a-, a soft business plan. Yeah. Come with a solution, not a problem. Right. Yeah. Like right. you're, I mean, you're a, you're a fully functioning, autonomous, fully realized human being, but the thing is, so is everybody else. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's, it's easy sometimes to think like, obviously I'm perfect and all my ideas are great and why is no one listening to me? But again, yeah, there's, there's ego there. There's bias there. There's, it's not your money. It's not your business. So, yeah. um, as Deacon said, if you, if you feel that strongly about it, bet on yourself. If you believe in your ideas that strongly, why are you giving them to someone else for free? Mm. Um, because a lot of these changes and a lot of those improvements, they weren't going to equal more money for me. They were never going to equal more money for me. I was just trying to change up my environment. 
So once you kind of connect in your head, you're like, mm. oh my God, these, these ideas have value and I'm just giving them to other people yeah, for right, free. Right. But yeah, but um, sometimes it's not burnout. Like you're not like, you're not tired of, of, of piercing. You're not tired of the industry. You're not tired of the job. You're just tired of the environment yeah. that, that you find yourself within. So. Yeah. 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 The whole like the grass is greener on the other side cliche. I also like the grass is greener where you water it. So it's like, (laughs) if you can be effective in communication, maybe you can make it the environment that you want. Uh, But if not, you know, it might be time to move on. All right. Well, um, I think this is probably a good place to wrap it up. So I'm glad that we finally got to coordinate the time. Um, <laughs> it only took about two months, but yeah. Uh, but you know, once again, for people like what's your studio, social media, uh, contact yeah, so, info. Uh, I am Wonderland Studios in Ontario, Canada, uh, Kitchener, Waterloo, if anybody cares. Uh, my Instagram is, uh, very, uh, straight edge. It is a through X, the X dust. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is what it is. It's like a literal translation. My name is through the dust, but, uh, but yeah, so, uh, at through the, through X, the X dust on Instagram, uh, Wonderland Tattoo Studios in Kitchener, Waterloo, Ontario, Canada. Uh, and who, who are you young lady? Oh, I'm just waiting for a bus. Oh, okay. All right. Well, um, I have been Ryan. That has been Lola. This has been Deacon. And, uh, thank you for listening to another episode of the Pearson Wizard podcast. Bye. Have a good day. Thanks for talking to me, Deacon and Lola. I really appreciated your insight and your thoughts. Uh, Again, if you'd like to get signed up for my Bevel Theory all-day webinar, that will be Sunday, August 20th, 2023. You can go to ryanpba.com and get signed up there, and you get a special discount if you're an active Patreon subscriber. Uh, I'm working on a bunch of new Patreon content. Um, the, the votes were cast and um, my Patreon supporters wanted to see a, a tongue video. So I'm working on that currently. I should have that published uh, in the, the near future. I also have a video planned for Duke piercings. That's uh, paired vertical clitoral hood piercings and uh, a video about anti-tragus piercing. So all that uh, is going to be coming out this summer. I'm not exactly sure of the, the dates just yet because I'm still making those things, but you can expect to see them soon at patreon.com slash RyanPBA. And I'll be back with another episode soon. Thanks. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts, LLC. All rights reserved. Hi, everybody. I'm right up next to the microphone and I'm talking normally. Let's see how that sounds. Hi everybody, I'm sitting at a comfortable distance, speaking at a comfortable volume, uh, but the microphone is pointed directly at my face. Hi everybody, I'm right up next to the microphone and talking. This feels a bit too close. Hi everybody, I'm sitting at a comfortable distance and speaking at a comfortable volume and I don't see as many spikes in the audio.